right. Um, we're going to be in Mark chapter 14 this morning. And are, are you ready to hear from the Lord today? Are you? Do you believe that you're going to hear from the Lord today? Through me, I know that hey, I'm having trouble believing that somebody as goofy as you. We're going to hear from the Lord today, okay? Have that expectation. When you come to church, have an expectation of meeting with God. Meeting with God. This isn't just a building where we show up on Sunday morning, sing a few songs, and then, then leave. We should have an expectation that when we come together, that God is going to show up. Is God with us all the time? Absolutely. But when we come together corporately, it just intensifies everything. And there's a lot of good ministry that has gone on already this morning, but I've, I have felt a lot of pushback as well. Don't push back. Receive what the Lord has to say. All right? Can, can we agree to do that this morning? All right. So Mark chapter 14. Um, a few years ago, several years ago actually, there was a church here in, in Tyler that was building a new sanctuary. And it was, it was big, it was nice, it was beautiful, and the rumor was going around. I don't know if it's true or not, but the rumor was going around that they had spent a million dollars just on the stained glass windows that were going into that church. And I happened to be driving by that, that church one day, and I'm looking over, and you can see this, this, this beautiful stained glass and all that. And uh, I started saying, Lord... What could New Covenant do with a million dollars? Lord, a million dollars. Think of, think of how many churches in East Texas. That, that's, that's more than their annual budget. How many churches could we fund for a million dollars? Lord, how many missionaries could we fully fund for a million dollars? Lord, how many orphanages? How many other ministries? Could we fund with a million dollars? And I said, Lord, that's a waste. That's just a waste. And because the Lord loves me so much, <laughs> he spoke up quickly. <laughs> and um, he said, and how much money did you give towards those stained glass windows? Well, Lord, I, I, I didn't give any. He said, so why are you complaining about it? And I was like, Lord, wait a second. Obviously, you don't understand. I'm just pointing out the fact of how much more could have been done with that million dollars than these pretty stained glass windows. And the Lord said, do you not think that I'm worthy of those stained glass windows? Obviously, you're not in the mood to talk, Lord. He said, anything given to me is never wasted. It's never wasted. So we're in a, a lesson series right now called Questions That Jesus Asked. And my lesson this morning is, are you wasted? Are you wasted? We're going to talk about wasting everything on the Lord. And that, that sometimes that sounds so so out of the ordinary 
But that's what we've been called to do. That's who we've been called to be. Paul said, I will gladly spend and be spent for the kingdom, for souls, for God. Hmm. Mark 14. And I just want to say before I get into this too, I am not preaching any condemnation this morning, okay? I want everybody to hear, no condemnation. We don't preach condemnation. If you're starting to wiggle around in your seat, it might be conviction, okay? Mark 14, verse 3. While he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was this ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor, and they scolded her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. And here's the question that Jesus asked. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. And the world has a problem when we waste our lives for Jesus. Now, understand the way that I'm using the word waste is a good way, okay? I'm not talking about trash, I'm not talking about being wasted. That used to be some of our old lives, right? I'm talking about wasting everything, giving it all for the kingdom. If Paul said that I want to be spent for the gospel, should we not all the more have that same heart? Lord Jesus, I want to be spent for your kingdom. But the world has a problem when we want to spend it on Jesus. You can spend it on anything else. Just don't spend it on Jesus. You know, there was a very famous basketball coach that he, he happened to be a, 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 a Buddhist. And almost every time that you watched one of the games where he was coaching, they'd always say something about, oh, there's that Zen Buddhism. It just brings his, his team together. I have never once heard an announcer on television say, oh, where well, there's that Jesus just pulling everybody together. It's okay to act like this, but don't talk about Jesus. Hmm. So I want us to ask ourselves a few questions this morning, okay? And here's the first question. Do we give sacrificially? Oh, Lord, here he goes. Do we give sacrificially? The scripture says it was very costly, very costly ointment. It's worth 300 denarii, which a denarii is a a day laborer's wage. So in other words, this was worth 300 days for the normal individual at that time. Almost a year's worth of wages. Yet she was willing to take it and and waste it for the kingdom. Use it for the kingdom. Do we give sacrificially? 
Does God get our best or does he get our leftovers? Luke 6, 38. And this is going to be a very familiar passage of scripture. But it says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you full. Excuse me? Full? Your gift will return to you full. Pressed down, shaken together to make more room, running over and poured into your lap. See, this, this is a, uh, everybody that was listening to Jesus at that moment knew exactly what he was talking about. He was talking about somebody being in the field and, and gathering the harvest, gathering the grain. And you've got your sack and you're, you're putting the grain in the sack. But then you push it down so you can get more in it. And you keep harvesting. Then you get to a place where you shake it. Shake it around. You ever do that with your, your trash bags? I, I can get more in here, dang it. Shake it so you can get more in it. And even at that, it says that it will be overflowing. It will be pouring into your lap. And the last part of the scripture is, the amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Is the word money in there anywhere? Is the word money in that scripture anywhere? No. But I can almost guarantee most of us thought of money the moment I started reading it. Right? Because that's the way we're trained to think. Should we be those who give generously with money? Absolutely. But money is not the whole kingdom. Money is not everything. We should give forgiveness. When we give forgiveness, it'll be poured back on us. We give mercy and it's poured back on us. We give love and it's poured back on us. Do we give sacrificially? It's a sacrifice to forgive at times because I don't like what they did to me. Right? I don't like what they did to me. Do you know how they acted? Do you know what they said? Given it shall be given. Oh, Lord. Given it shall be given. When I first got saved, I'm talking about the day. The day I got saved. The moment that I got saved. I'm still on my knees. And if you know anything about my testimony, I got saved on the side of a road, just me and God. I pulled my car over and gave my life to the Lord. I'm on my knees on the side of a farm market road outside of Greenville, Texas, praying some prayer that I don't even know what it means. I'm just throwing out my life to God. And part of it was, I'll do anything you want me to do. And the Lord in that moment could have said, I just want you to love me. I just want you to walk with me. Just be with me. But the very first thing that the Lord said after I gave my heart to him was, go break up with your girlfriend. <laughs> now you got to understand, I'd been dating this girl for two years. Two years. In Hey, in East Texas, two years, I mean, that's a promise of marriage right there. <laughs> Our friends had already started talking about it. Well, they're obviously going to get married. But the Lord, from the very beginning, the very first thing he ever asked me to do was give sacrificially. Because in, in, in my twisted, messed up, worldly mind, I thought I loved her. But the Lord said, 
give it. Now, if I had refused, would I have still been saved? Yeah. So why does the Lord ask us to do those type of things? Because he wants to bring more and better into our life. If I had not done that, I would not have gotten this. When the Lord brought my wife into my life, he did exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. As someone speaking of me one time said, I guess the two sometimes gets the ten. I know that's rude, isn't it? But the Lord wasn't trying to take something away from me to punish me or to harm me. He knew what he wanted to bring into my life. So when he asks us to give sacrificially, what he's doing is saying, I want to bring more and better into your life. So do we give sacrificially? Here's the second question. Are we wasted or wasteful? Wasted or wasteful? The scripture says, why was this ointment wasted like that? Why was this ointment wasted like that? It was almost as if, oh, I don't care if you waste the ointment, but why are you wasting it like that? Why are you wasting it like that? See, people waste time on pleasure. People waste time doing things that they want to do, but they think it's a waste of time to show up on Sunday morning for church. People waste talent all the time. They waste talent trying to to get a bigger paycheck or to get some kind of accolades. The world says, yes, go, go, get it, go, go. But they think that it's a waste of talent when you use it to serve. And then obviously we understand about wasting money, don't we? I waste money on what I want, what I think I need, what I deserve. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. But then it's a waste to sow money into kingdom endeavors. But a heart full of faith and worship longs to be wasted for the kingdom. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If Jesus himself showed up and said, hey, I want to hang out with you for a while. I want to look at your bank account. I want to go home with you. I want to see how you spend your time. Would our lives say that we are being wasted or wasteful? Because we've been called to be wasted, not wasteful. I can remember um, I had been, I got saved at the very beginning of my sophomore year in college. And by the end of uh, that school year, I I knew I was called. I knew that I was going to go to Bible college and all this. And I had gone out to a baseball game, you know, a, a high school baseball game. And I was just sitting with some friends and this guy showed up. And somebody that I knew, we weren't really, really close, but somebody that, that I knew well enough to know, you know, he knew where I was going to school. I knew where he was going to school, that type of thing. 
And he comes in and he, he sits down next to me and we just start talking. And he goes, well, what's new with you? Well, I'm getting ready to, to move. I'm going to go to, to Bible school. Um, I'm going to be a pastor. And this was his response. Oh, no. Why would you waste your life like that? And my only response was, it's the least I could do for the one who has changed me. And he didn't even know how to respond to that. But see, the world thinks that we're wasting everything when they're really wasting everything. We're giving it to the kingdom. We're giving it to God. And he wants to turn around and pour so much more back onto us. Third question. Are we sometimes judgmental of those who are wasted? Back in verse 4 of Mark 14, it says, There were some who said it to themselves indignantly. Has anybody ever been indignant at something that you've done for Jesus? Why was this ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. Now, Matthew says that it was the disciples that actually said this. John said it was Judas. Good church folks sometimes um, complain about things that they don't have much to do with. There's a church here in town. It's a very large church, and I have heard... Christians call it six flags over Jesus. As if they didn't deserve what God was doing there. Now these people don't go to that church. I doubt they've ever given any money to that church. Yeah, but we're so quick just to throw something out like that, aren't we? Just because something is different, just because it's not the way that you would do it, just because it doesn't fit into the flow of who you are, does that make it wrong? No. We're the ones that try to cram God into this little bitty box and go, here's Jesus. Can you put Jesus in a box? So why would we turn around just because it's not the way that I would do it? Guess what? They're reaching people that I will never have an opportunity to speak to. Different ministries doing things different ways. Why don't we come together and serve together? Instead of going, something's wrong with them. They don't sing from a hymnal. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Jesus said, leave her alone. Jesus shut down the self-important people and he exalted her. Matthew 23, 12 says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. I heard this story many years ago. There was a... uh, a big conference that was going to take place in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And there were these 
you know, what we would call big name pastors. You know, people knew who they were. They had mega churches, you know, and they're all coming together to have this. And they invited this pastor in from South Korea. And before the, the, the event was going to start, they said, hey, let's go have a little downtime. Let's all go play golf. And golf is for weird people. But, uh, <laughs> and some people love golf so much they work there. But, So they take this South Korean pastor out to play golf. Everybody gets up, they tee, they tee off, and where, where, where's, where's the South Korean guy? What, what, what is he doing? Oh, there he is. It's your turn. They go down the fairway. Everybody's taking their, their, their shots. Where did he go? Oh, there he is. They did this for a couple of holes before they kept saying, where do you keep going? Why do you keep disappearing? He said, we're getting ready to minister to a bunch of people. We're getting ready to stand up and tell them what Jesus needs them to hear. And we're wasting our time playing a game. I'm praying. Are we preparing ourselves for what God has called us to do? Now, is there anything wrong with playing golf? No. I don't play it because it causes me to say words I don't want to say. But are we in tune with the Lord enough to say, we should be on our face, not out here? Are we in tune with the Lord enough to say, you know what? Tomorrow morning, I get to get up and go to work. Lord, who are you going to speak to through me? Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving me a job. Thank you for blessing me in this job. But I'm not here just to make a paycheck. I'm here to make a difference. That's the heart of the kingdom. That's the heart of Jesus. Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> God has called us individually to something great, to something important. You, 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 the moment you said yes to Jesus was the moment he anointed you, he called you, and he's been equipping you, and he's ready for you. Just step into it. You hearing me? Yeah, but I didn't go to Bible school like you did. I haven't gone to seminary. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. <laughs> I didn't know the Holy Spirit only hung out at seminary. In fact, I know some of them where he, he's probably not. <laughs> the Holy Spirit rushed into you the moment that you said yes to Jesus. At that moment, you were ready. At that moment, I'm not saying we don't learn. I'm not saying we don't grow. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with, with going to Bible college and taking classes and learning more. There's nothing wrong with doctrine. Let me say that to a bunch of Pentecostal people. There's nothing wrong with doctrine, okay? There's nothing wrong with it. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it. But we can't just take the, uh, the word and let it be dry. We've got to have the spirit mixed with it so it comes alive and makes a difference in people's lives. Just because you can you know, read the, the Bible in Greek and Hebrew doesn't mean that, that anybody's ever gotten saved through anything that you've ever done. Amen. <laughs> All right, here's the last question. 
Are we willing to be beautifully wasted? Are we willing to be beautifully wasted? Are we willing to do something sacrificial for the Lord? Verse 6 says, but Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing for me. Now, sometimes we think about, oh, what? it's got to be something big. It's got to be something this. No, it doesn't. God knows when you're sacrificing. Lisa and I, when we, we were first married, really, we just moved to Tyler. So, I mean, we were just kids, like 23 years old. I know, can you imagine that? No. <laughs> and we... we we got connected with this ministry that, that went all over East Texas. And they did these meetings. They would rent hotel ballrooms. And they would do these meetings all over East Texas. And we got involved with it. And we just started going. Why? Because there was something there I was hungry for. It wasn't just a church service. I mean, Jesus was there, and you could tell, and you could feel it. And people were rushing the, the aisles to get saved and get healed and get delivered. There was something there that I wanted to be a part of. And Lisa, too. I'm not just saying me. But, <laughs> but you know what? It was a sacrifice for two young people basically working minimum wage jobs to say, hey, we're going to waste a tank of gas to drive down to Nacogdoches or to Crockett or wherever it was. It, it, it was a sacrifice. But you know what? God just started filling us. And we were so hungry for something. So hungry for something. And God just began to fill us. And the, 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 the minister, you know, he would call us out. It seemed like every time we would go, he would call us out and he would pray over us. And he would prophesy over us. And there was one time he, he prayed over us. Just stopped the, the, the service and said, hey, come here right now. Right now. You know, God's not afraid of just messing up everybody's plan just to minister to you. He said, come here right now. And he prayed over us. He said, go over there and sit by my wife. We went over there and sat by his wife. And she said, hey, next time you come, you sit up here on the front row with us, okay? Sit up because this is for our staff and this is for our special guests. So the next time we went to one of their meetings, we just went and sat on the front row. Well, they had a staff member who obviously had not had his happy pill that day who came over and said, you can't sit there. You can't sit there. Yeah, but we were told, you can't sit there. Okay, <laughs> chill, dude. So the place had started to fill up, so we had to move, you know, towards the back. But it was fine. I, mean, I wasn't going to get in a fight with somebody right there. I came to get Jesus, not to get a black eye. So um, <laughs> we moved back there. Worship was great. The preacher walks right up on stage before he said anything else. He said, Chris and Lisa, come sit down here. Because this is for... Our special guest, and I want you to be our special guest. From here on out, every time you come, you come sit right here. So we were humble enough to, to move, and then God called us out. And I got to pick up my stuff and rock, walk right by that guy. I went, hmm. <laughs> but God does those kinds of things. That might not have been a big thing, but I needed, I needed some acceptance. Acceptance. 
I was struggling with rejection. And to have somebody call me out and say, you belong in the front row. Not that the front row is any more important than the back row. But it was for me. I needed it. So are we beautifully wasted? In Mark 14, verse 9. Jesus said, and truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told as a memory for her. When we are making that sacrifice, when we are being beautifully wasted, God remembers it. God remembers it. People may not remember it, but God remembers it. If you've ever done anything from, for the Lord, he remembers it. There's been times in my life when, when I felt really low. Some things happened to Lisa and I um, in ministry. But I remember going through a, a, a drive through one time. And we pull up to get our food from the drive through and this young lady's just got this big old grin on her face. <laughs> I'm like, okay, she's happy. And we, we, we weren't at Chick-fil-A, so, you know, we were at Sonic. They don't have to be happy at Sonic. <laughs> we're taking our food, and she's just got this big grin on her face. And finally she said, are you Chris and Lisa? Yes. She said, you spoke at a youth group, and it changed my heart. Thank you. And that has happened several times. Lisa and I went to a meeting one time. And uh, after, after the service was done, this lady just ran right up to me. And she looked at me. She goes, did you ever preach at so-and-so church? I said, I did. She goes, that was the best message I've ever heard in my life. See, God knew I needed because it was at a time when I was really low. I didn't know what the Lord wanted to do with me. But the Lord was saying, hey, you did something right. You did something right. You did something right. And I remember it. I remember it. I remember it. The Lord knew I needed to be lifted up. And this lady ran up and told me it was the best message she had ever heard in her life. That it had helped her at this time. But the Lord also knew that that I didn't need to be puffed up either. Because she said, where, where are you? What are you doing now? And I said, well, Lisa and I were working with middle school kids over at New Covenant Church. And she had this look on her face. And she said, I thought you would be pastoring a huge church by now. And she turned around and walked off. <laughs> so I got what the Lord needed to give me. <laughs> I didn't need the accolades of, of people. God remembers what you give. God remembers your sacrifice. God remembers, even if you don't know that you did it. God remembers. One last story and I'll be finished, okay? I went to Africa in the year 2000 with a man named Don Crum, that guy that's going to be here in just a few weeks. I'm, I'm telling you, you should sign up for that Saturday event because it's going to be powerful. This, this guy is, wow. But I went to Africa with him, and I got to, you know, do a little ministry, and we prayed for some people, and he had me pray in, in, a, in a ministry line. And um, a few days later, we went out into the, the village areas, a couple of hours up, uh, up a river, 
And the moment that the boat pulled up, man, this guy just ran up and he's just looking at me. And I had been told that there were cannibals around, so I didn't know why he was looking at me. <laughs> but he's just looking at me, and he's just smiling. And then he starts saying something. Of course, I don't speak the language. I have no clue what he's saying. And finally, an interpreter came over and said, he's saying that you prayed for him. And he was very sick and very ill. And the moment that you prayed for him, God healed him. And he was so excited. He's been telling everybody in the villages. That's why they've all come out. And he said, the man just wants to honor you. Man, I really needed that at that time. Because that was during that time that Lisa and I were out of church. I had given up on ministry. But God sent me all the way to Africa to have a man tell me, that something I did had eternal value. And he just wanted to honor me. Now the way that they honored was they held hands. So this man reached over and took my hand. And we walked around the whole afternoon holding hands. <laughs> and it wasn't a light hold. It was like, hey, we're going to the prom holding. Lord remembers what you've given and what you've done. The Lord sees it. Even when people are saying, you're wasting your life. We should be saying, yes, I am. I am wasting my life because there is nothing else worth wasting my life on but Jesus. So how, how, do, how do we do this? First of all, just be yourself. Do you know God created you? He fashioned you. He formed you. He knew you while you were in your mother's womb. He knew who you were going to be. He knew your talents. He knows your personality. He knows your idiosyncrasies. But everything has been set up for you to make an impact in the kingdom. For you. Because somebody needs to hear your Jesus story. Man, I would love it if, 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 if the church would just overflow and flood like it seemed like it used to be. But um, you can look around and tell that uh, everybody got their fix on Easter and they're going to wait for a little while before they come back, right? But guess what? You're still going to run into them. You're going to see people that I'll never see. You're going to have opportunities that I'll never have. And you say, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a good speaker. Who said you had to open your mouth? <laughs> I don't remember who it was, St. Augustine or somebody that said, hey, share the gospel all the time and use words if necessary. Be a Jesus person. Just be. Be you. God says, open your mouth, open your mouth. He says, pray, pray. He says, leave a really big tip, leave a really big tip. Just be obedient. That's all it takes is obedience. Let's ask the Holy Spirit how we can waste our lives. That'd be okay? Would you bow your heads with me? Holy Spirit, 
we ask you right now. And if you mean this, just listen to this prayer and agree with this prayer. If you're not at this place yet, that's okay. That is okay. Like I said from the very beginning, there's no condemnation in anything that I'm saying or anything that I'm doing. This is just to encourage you. But Holy Spirit, you know people that we're going to see. You know situations. You know the ins and outs. And Holy Spirit, according to to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you've got gifts that you like to use through us. And I just want to be submitted to that. Holy Spirit, use me. Use me. Speak through me. Love through me. Touch through me. Whatever needs to be done. Holy Spirit, we submit ourselves to you. To be your hands. To be your feet. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to keep your head. Keep your... If you're praying that prayer this morning, and this is not for me. In fact, I will close my eyes if it makes you better. <laughs> I want you to make it public just between you and the Lord. Say, Lord, just raise your hand. You're saying, Lord, I want to waste my life for you. I want to waste my life for you. Just wave it to him. Once again, it's an offering to him. Lord, I want to waste my life for you. I give it to you. You may be living your life and the, the, the fire of heaven is falling on you, but there's more. There's more. You may feel like you're so cold that God couldn't use you, but that's a lie. There's more. Jesus, we give you us. We want to waste our best, and the best we have is us. You can take the talent, you can take the money, you can take the time, but it's really all us. We want to waste it on you. See our hearts and see our hands. In Jesus' name, amen.